Hi everyone, this is Coffee Talk with Ian and Ivy. Hello. This is our very first episode. We are both really excited to be putting this out to the world. <laughs> uh, so grab your coffee, your tea, or any frappuccino you have. Sit down with that load of laundry you've been putting off or put us on for your long commute. We're two college students in Boulder, Colorado, entering a brand new phase of our lives with plenty of lessons learned and so much more to discover. So every month, our podcast will focus on a certain topic along with our continuing segments, such as headlines, otaku corner slash bookworms unite, questions without answers, and then hold on, it's story time and hashtag ask Ian Ivy jumping in at the end of the month. So our schedule for the next three months or so uh, for June, these last two weeks, this is our introduction month. For the next month, July, Ivy's going to be jumping in here, taking the lead on this. Um, so for July, we have a series planned called Healthy Much, and it's going to be about like the health industry and uh, innovation. Uh, later in August, it's going to be more Ian-oriented, and it's going <laughs> to take over pop culture, so the newest music, TV shows, and like movies that you need in your life. And then in September, it's going to be a better me, self-improvement, and tips and tricks, mostly because that's when we'll be transitioning more into school, and yes. you know, that'll be a li- just a little bit handy. <laughs> little bit, and then yeah. we don't quite know what we're going to do for November yet, but that's just like a general outline. It is subject to change. Yes, very subject <laughs> to change. Um, so yeah, okay, anyway, so I'll talk about uh, a general outline of what we'd be talking about. So we'll start out with a theme topic, right? Um, Ian's going to have something to talk about. I'll have a little topic. Uh, we're going to go over a few headlines and just comment on those, discuss them, and then do either an otaku corner segment or a bookworms unite, where we're going to discuss and um, review certain uh, anime shows or books that we've read. Yeah, just like I think the anime lifestyle, the yeah. whole thing with the manga and everything. Uh, we might even do a few watch alongs if that's something <laughs> you'd want, uh, because some really cool uh, new seasons are coming out yeah. that I think. Some watch-alongs and a few commentary episodes would be cool to do. <laughs> all right, and then we would like to end all of our segments with uh, questions without answers and leaving sort of a food for thought or an open-ended question for everyone to sort of ponder afterwards. So, yeah. all right, shall we just jump into it then? Uh, yeah. Well, just real quick, uh, that's pretty much our general outline for an episode. Uh, pretty much every episode is going to be like that, but we're still growing, and obviously we're still going to be changing, so uh, just bear with us. Yeah. Um, and then we do have a Twitter account that you guys can use to um, you know, talk with us. Um, both of us will be managing the account, the account of course. So uh, I think the hashtag that we would want to use is... Uh, it's kind of subject to change, really, which one's like easiest and most concise for you guys to use, because we know you only got 140 characters. Um, but if you have any questions on any of the things we've discussed, um, right now I think it's going to be hashtag AskIanIvy. Um, and that's, that doesn't have to be a question, it could also be a comment or just some some love, because I think we need that in our first few episodes. <laughs> <laughs> which would be very nice. Uh, so you can tweet us on Twitter. And then we might be opening up some more social media accounts in the future yeah. once we start going. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hope you grow along with us. So let's get ready to coffee talk. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start out with introductions. Um, what we're most excited and most nervous about for college, because that's something coming up for both of us right now. Uh, Ian, you want to start? 
Um, yeah, so uh, along with this, I'll just like introduce myself just a little more. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my name's Ian. I was uh, born in the northeast part of the United States. I moved to Florida in second grade and then eventually moved to Colorado in eighth grade. And um, some of my interests, I'm really interested in social media and branding and public relations. Um, so of setting up this whole Twitter account was really fun for me and like all these like different graphics we were using. Uh, so that's pretty much where uh, some of my interests lie. Of course, there are other ones that you'll see as we continue along the podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually started this whole thing with Ivy here. Uh, it came <laughs> probably as a surprise to her, but <laughs> I, um, I had been kind of like throwing the idea around of building something where I could be creative, um, some sort of outlet to be creative, mm-hmm. uh, but also kind of um, do it from <laughs> the safety of like my inner like home <laughs> kind of like that um so i thought a podcast was a really cool way I li- i'm listening to a few podcasts now there's so much fun to just like put on in the background and kind of just like um put on while i'm doing a load of laundry or on a long car ride or car ride or something like that so i was like oh, i should totally do this and who better than with ivy <laughs> um i was one of my uh, dearest friends and we have we always have like such a good rapport so i thought she was the perfect partner in this podcast pretty much <laughs> good. i like your version of this story for me it was sitting at home getting a random text at 9 30 ivy let's start a podcast yes. <laughs> I was oh like, what? <laughs> yeah i kind of um yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, can I throw it over to me? Sure. All right. Uh, I'm Ivy. I was born and raised here in Colorado, so I've been here my whole life. Um, I My interests are a bit scattered. I love art, but I um, am also really interested in doing research with uh, genetics. And um, so I guess, I don't know, I don't have a huge amount of things to say but okay um uh, let's see i'm a musician i yeah i'm I'm kind of just all over the place so oh well oh well yeah yeah yep yeah okay sounds good (laughs) (laughs) all right so now that we've introduced ourselves um we're going to move on to our uh usually this would be our themed topic of the month um but for our introductions for these last for these next two episodes we've decided um for this actually just for this first episode yeah. um college butterflies so me and ivy or ivy and i sorry proper grammar <laughs> we're both um entering our freshman year of college um so we wanted to talk a little bit about uh the different our different views i guess yeah. on you know college this brand new experience um and let's see our first question we have up is what are we most excited for and i think ivy you can start us off <laughs> all right sure um i'm excited for a change of pace mm, yeah. um even though i did schedule all my classes between nine and two yes <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so it's kind of a similar time but whatever because yeah. that's just what i'm most uh i don't know most focused i guess like yeah. you could say um so that and then also i'm i like the fact that we're not just doing core work for our first two years that um the yeah. way our school is set up is that you do core but also uh, major-oriented things. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited to get into the research side of things. Um, I'm majoring in molecular biology, and I'm signed up for this uh, drug screening lab. Mm. And um, I am taking the intro biology course, even though it's already cleared, because I (laughs) want to make sure that I have, like, a solid foundation uh, this first year. 
Um, so I'm, I'm just really excited for that because, yeah, I don't know. Um, nervous and excited for uh, meeting and getting to know new people and my professors mm -hmm. because that's always uh, something difficult for me to do yes. uh, <laughs> at first. Um, I think we'll talk about that a little later on yeah. with your topic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever, anyway. And then uh, what am I nervous for? My number one thing that always comes is how am I going to organize my notebooks? <laughs> oh, that's the thing you're most nervous about? I think the one of them. Seriously, like okay. the first thing that comes to then you think the actual one is probably the fact that I'm living at home instead of on mm -hmm. campus. And yeah. you know that I've talked about this a lot. Yes. Every orientation we go to, it's like, if you don't live on campus, you will have no friends. <laughs> but like, that's just, not true. Yeah, it's not true. It's the worst thing to say to someone who yeah. has a hard time making friends. Like you don't. That's true. I don't know. Anyway, so but but it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like I, I plan on getting involved in a lot of like um, the cultural engagement center activities and hopefully joining the school's orchestra there. So um, yeah, I'm I'm nervous but excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I have a lot of things the same with Ivy. I think the most thing I'm excited for is um, kind of more freedom, of course, that comes along with being in college. Yeah. And um, I, my schedule kind of, I have a lot of gaps between my classes. So I have like a class from 10 to 11, and then I have like three hours, and then another class at like two or something like that mm. so i kind of like and don't like that because i really ivy talked to me about her like um nine to two kind of schedule yeah. and I, I was like oh i kind of appreciate that because um the way i uh, my dorm room is it's in this like outer community so it's like off off main campus let's say that so it's not quite on main campus isolated. it's a little isolated <laughs> yeah it's a little community on its own so I thought, oh, if um, I have these huge gaps, I really won't have the time to go back to my dorm room, my dorm house to like relax or anything. I probably would have to stay on the main campus between classes. So I was like, what am I going to do? <laughs> probably going to talk to people. That's probably it. But um, I kind of appreciate having kind of like a nine to two or like a set schedule. Yeah. Um, and then going home after kind of like mm -hmm. the day at school or something like that. So I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, talking with some people about how I'm, I was really excited about coming in to record today. And they were like, why? It's because um, in the summer, there's no like set schedule. It's very <laughs> fluid and spontaneous, which is fine. But yeah. It's, it's not me. And so I was like, I think I really like latched onto this idea because it was like it gives me something productive and creative to do right you know? yeah and it's yeah yeah i don't know anyway these past like weeks i've been like i just wanted to like do something yeah. and be productive because right. like the summer before college you kind of don't have like any obligations yeah, exactly. that you don't like that you're forced to take on mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, it's like things you want to do like you know you might go off do something with volunteer work or something yeah. but like you know yeah. i was like sitting at home and i was like hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and let's see I, I am really excited about all these different opportunities I know I'm going to have because, um, you know, there are so many different clubs on this campus. And so then, many. yeah, and then, you know, there are things you could do now, now that we're technically legally adults. Um, and I've got like a month left. Before yes. Now. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was not there yet, but soon. <laughs> and then um, actually something I am nervous about, I am nervous about the social scene as well. Yeah. Um, I think our school is kind of considered a party school, I'd have to say. Yeah, so party, like being in parties, being part of like that kind of party crowd is definitely 
a very big factor in creating, like, making new friends, I think, at our school. Uh-huh. So, um, I, like, I'm definitely not a part of yours, so <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know about, like, making friends like that. But I know there are, you know, other people like yeah. that going to my yeah. school as There's well. So I think we'll just have to, like, find, like, weave our way through the crowd. Yeah. With all and that's that. exactly what, what right. you have to do anyway, so it's all right. Yeah, like, I, think it takes, yeah I think it takes effort to yeah. find the people yeah. that you be, like, friends, friends with mm-hmm. and everything like that. And then I think another thing is um, college not living up to expectations. I think now, like, as I've been, like, at home and, like, thinking about college, I have this really big, like, expectation of, like, how nice and, like, fun and really nice, cool it would be. But I feel like uh, once I get there, you know, it might fall short from expectations. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of worried about that. I don't want to be, like, crushed. <laughs> so I'm trying to, like, ground myself. Uh, yeah, what do you think about that? Do you think same? <laughs> Did I tell you about my my <laughs> issue with everyone asking me if I was excited for college? Oh, no. No, oh, I didn't tell you that. Okay. Um, so I uh, work at our family restaurant, and we, like, grew up with a lot of the, like, the a lot of the customers who have been coming in forever because we're from a small, or I'm from a small town. Um, it's like, they all kind of have known me since before I was born, like, when mm-hmm. my mother was pregnant with us. And it's really awkward because they'll come in and be like, oh, I remember when you were just a tiny little child. But anyway, <laughs> at this point, you know, the only question I ever get is, aren't you excited for college? Mm-hmm. And I was talking with my mom and I was like, why is there so much hype built up around this? <laughs> because so it's college. <laughs> exactly. But I was like, it's like, it was, it was that and graduation because I thought that um, our graduation ceremony was totally overdone and like blown out of proportion and really yes I really liked it okay, I don't know I, I had no like... issue with the actual ceremony but there was so much freaking hype built up around there was a lot of you're hype. finally graduating you're done you're done forever and it's like um no we got two months we're going back to school <laughs> <laughs> yeah for most of us I yeah. <laughs> so I was like um <laughs> yeah my parents were like when they're like, wow, um, American high school graduation is a very big deal. Exactly. <laughs> so like, yeah, our yeah. my parents are not from here, so yeah. th- they they don't hold grad- high school graduation in the same regard as yeah. you know Americans mm-hmm. do. Yeah. So I it was kind of weird to have like that contrast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because they've gone on to higher education, and then they were like, well, you keep you're gonna go back to school anyway. Exactly. So it's like I get to, I got yeah. you. Yeah. Anyway, so that was that was my whole thing. I it was like I have. I had this um, underlying feelings that like everything is just totally blown out of proportion as it is. So I don't, I didn't have like, or don't currently have huge expectations for something like huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's something to keep in mind. Well, we want to hear what you guys think. Um, if you are maybe going into college like us or returning back. Or, or you have know, been. Yeah, or if you have been, just like uh, shoot us a tweet if you want or... Uh, that's pretty much the only way you can contact us right now. So, <laughs> uh, yes, that's pretty much all I got for college. Yeah, yeah, I think that's about it. <laughs> all right, and so next up, we're going to be moving on to um, each of our topics that we're going to bring to the table usually. So for today, um, I'll be going first, and I'll be going on to uh, decision fatigue. <laughs> I, I'm curious to see what this is. Like. Yeah, I okay, this is something this. really interesting. It's something that um, I've heard about mm-hmm. and something I think I've actually experienced myself. So let me give you a bit of a background. Uh, so this is from Wikipedia, so I'm quoting. All right. um, in decision making and psychology, decision fatigue refers to the deteriorate, deteriorating quality of decisions made by an individual after a long session of decision making. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of like interpreted it as you know if you 
at the end of the day, after making a lot of decisions, the quality of your decisions um, kind of lowers okay. as time goes on. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of kind of like different uh, kind of consequences from this phenomenon. So um, again, Wikipedia does a great job of uh, dividing it into so these reliable. things. <laughs> so uh, you can't make trade-offs. So um, you're kind of like, they say that you're too mentally fatigued after making a lot of decisions to uh, make coherent um, trade-offs and decisions. So the example they gave, I think, was a car, like when you're buying a car, mm-hmm. they you're mo- more likely to kind of like give in to the dealer and um, kind of just give in basically, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because um, they just kind of hold you there for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you just give in and pay the higher price for whatever you're buying. Oh, pretty much. Yeah, that's so cute. that's one of the things you can't make good trade-offs. Dang, is that why it takes so freaking long? Yes, I, th- yes that's, I think that's exactly why, because yeah. I think they know that this happens and people get tired yeah. and that they kind of just kind of like make you wait. <laughs> Literally, unless you're my mom, in which case you just keep. My mom too. She just like waits there. And I was like, should we, should we do something? And then she's like, No, we're staying. <laughs> Your story about how you guys got the deal for your car. Oh was yes, freaking amazing. Oh my gosh. Tell that story. Yeah, um, maybe you can tell it now. Should I? I? Okay. You know, if you want to, I don't know. Well, um, my family, we were looking at new cars, and then um, we went to a dealership, and I was with. I randomly went with them. I don't know why, but I don't know. <laughs> just to see how the car like buying process was so I went with my dad and my mom and um, we were looking at a bunch of different cars and then there was one that was I think it was it was priced lower than the others and my mom thought she could uh, get the dealer to kind of like lower the price even more (laughs) so it was like uh, she she she's like okay I am not paying for anything um, until you get to this price Mm -hmm. and the guy was like uh, sorry that I can't do that. Like, it's gonna be like this much. So it was like a haggle, you know, yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And she was like super cool because she was like not budging. And she was like, <laughs> "What do you think?" She would like turn to me and my father, and she'd be like, "What do you think?" And then we'd be like, "Ah," mm. and because she, she told us beforehand, she was like, "Act like you are not interested," <laughs> or like that we could go to a say like we could go to a different dealership because that's like what you have to do like to create a united front basically <laughs> so uh, we were like mm, but like so another good. dealership over there like and so we do this whole thing and we stayed there for like four hours basically um one at one point she kind of got he she said okay that's like this is final like i'm leaving unless you lower the price mm-hmm. and then he's like okay let me talk to my boss and so he leaves and we sit there for a good 30 minutes mm-hmm. because i I guess, like they said, like decision making, and they think we'd be too tired and we'd eventually give in. So mm-hmm. they made us wait for 30 minutes. And let me say that was really long. <laughs> but um, eventually they come back and they admitted defeat because I could see the dealer, the car dealer owner came out and was like, g- like a good show. And then he like shook my mom's hand because of like how. <laughs> strong she was in the face of this so um it was a very interesting experience <laughs> at a car dealership i wonder if they like upcharge like cars the same way they do things at like department stores for anything really like what was it beats that they can make them for like what less than ten dollars right? yeah but it's all brand name so that's why mm-hmm. maybe everything's charged i thought there was a law so against that really might be 
Was I there? Think, I don't think there's anything cars, wrong with trying to make a profit. Right, but I don't think it can be like suit like a really big. No, well, they do make a lot of money, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I'm not saying that manufacturing cars doesn't take a lot of money. Yeah. I understand that that yeah is very important and like assembly is important. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. Just just a thought. <laughs> just yeah. Um. Yeah. So. That's actually that's one of the things trade offs. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, a second thing is actually decision avoidance. So um, when you're faced with a lot of decisions after you've been making a lot, uh, you can't you don't make any, you choose not to make any and because you're too overwhelmed by all of them. That's actually something I've done because like, <laughs> I can't think of a specific example right now. But I sometimes I if I'm faced with too many decisions, I just end up not making a choice. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? That moment when you're told to pick a place to eat. Oh, yes. And they're like, you know, you're kind of like, well, I'm kind of hungry. And they're like, not really. Like, I'm, I could eat right mm-hmm. now, maybe. Yeah. They're like, okay, you know, the, well, what, where do you want to eat? I, I don't know. I mean, anywhere is fine. Well, I don't know. There's like, there's like noodles, Qdoba. We can go to like Smashburger across the street. Right next to that is Jimmy John's. There's <laughs> Mod Pizza. On the other side of that, you can go to Mod, like Mad Greens. Yeah. Or Tokyo like, Joe's. And then I go... You know, actually, I'm not very hungry. I ate like a little bit ago, and I just, yeah. let's let's just finish this. Right? Yeah. We'll, we'll go home, and we'll we'll I'll, I'll make something. And yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. So like, I just like you just can't make a decision. Yeah, exactly. You're just like no. That's something. Yeah, I think a lot of people face something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the third thing is impulse purchasing. So this is kind of like the psychology behind um, the like candy stands at the checkout lines. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like after all of these decisions you made and you're kind of fatigued and tired um you kind of make purchases on an impulse versus Mm -hmm. having the mental capacity to make uh rational buying choices um so that's why they have those at the end of the checkout line (laughs) all these candies and stuff so um yeah wow Wow, that is such like like it's a such a normal thing i guess that happens like it happens so often yeah it's cool that there's like a term for it yeah right yes. yeah it was, i thought that was interesting <laughs> <laughs> the very last thing i have down is um impaired self-regulation mm-hmm. so this actually has to do with your health kind of um and it's like if again you're tired from making all these decisions and so all that mental like uh, energy that you're putting into um making these decisions um you don't have the energy to they, they say, like, like regulate your body, which I thought was kind of a weird thing, mm-hmm. but I guess it kind of makes sense if you take away kind of, like, this energy to regulate your other mental processes versus, yeah, um, where they're all towards decision-making and you're overwhelmed by all the decisions. So mm-hmm. uh, that's that was something I thought was kind of weird and interesting. <laughs> well, it's like when you, uh, I would guess, like, when you're so stressed out about something, you mm-hmm. can get yourself actually sick. That's true, because yeah. your body is just like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like um, that whole thing about, like, uh, you know, you never, like, insult someone because you are literally killing them. Your brain sends this, like, um, signals out to start denaturing proteins in your body. Yeah. And that's just like, ah! Yeah, <laughs> mind, mind over matter. You know, so some, something yeah. kind of like that, mm. like, where you have all those stresses on, right? Yeah. Just, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there are some things you can do to avoid decision fatigue. Okay. Uh, so this is an article on the Huffington Post. And let's see. So there's basically eight ways. I'll go through them real quick. So make your big decisions in the morning. 
uh-huh. uh, that's when your mind is clear, you know, so your first big decision. So plan to make your biggest decisions in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, choose the simpler option. <laughs> so it's basically like, what is the task that makes you feel the less overwhelmed? The easiest thing to do right now. Mm-hmm. So um, I think this might be a little, I, I thought this was weird, this option, because you know, I think prioritizing is a good way to yeah. do this too, as well. So maybe the most highest priority on your list might not be the simplest, but maybe making the decision to tackle that one first might be a Makes better way. Your day simpler. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Third, limit your options. So you know, that's that's pretty simple. <laughs> um, go minimalist. So kind of like get rid of your clothes, so you're not like. Not all your clothes. <laughs> Get rid of some of your excess clothes so you're not like in the morning looking in your closet to try to find an outfit yeah. to wear. Uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, so this is something that's good advice for all of you perfectionists out there. Okay. <laughs> Done is better than perfect. Oh, gosh. Yes. Oh. Good is good enough. Okay. Oh, and I'm quoting um, here right now. If the task is at 80% for the things not at the top of the list, your list, live with it <laughs> otherwise this perfectionism is nothing more than procrastination hmm. i thought that was good that's a good tip yeah mm-hmm. especially for all those perfectionists out there <laughs> uh let's see and i'll go quickly through these last three remove yourself from situations or places that distract i think this is a good good advice for like now in our world with all this social media and all mm-hmm. these like different you know electronics and distractions um, I think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And then if it's not on your to-do, then the decision is a no for the day. So I think that goes along with prioritizing and choosing the right tasks to tackle at the right days and times, basically. Yeah. And then make your first decision work. Um, and I'll quote again here. Once you make your choice, follow through with it until the end. Uh, if it doesn't work out or there's an emergency, move on to your second choice and reschedule action on it. And then they say, with these eight tips, you're on your way to making quicker, smarter decisions throughout your busy day. <laughs> so yeah. Well, I would hope so. Yeah, I think this is, I think it's definitely a phenomenon that like now with our world with so many different options and so many more opportunities that we're being afforded, it's kind of hard to make a decision. Like uh, sound and rational decisions yeah. that are the most beneficial for you. So. I thought it was a very interesting topic to bring up. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and that's all I have. So much more prepared for than I am for this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, your topic is something we can talk about. <laughs> my topic is just basically feels like a bunch of anecdotes. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay, so we'll just go on to mine. Yeah, topic. for sure. Okay. Um, introvert struggles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you don't know, uh, Ivy and I are both um, introverted. We're both. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're pretty much, uh, I'm sure a lot of people know what introversion is. Um, Do you want me to pull up a definition? Um, I guess my definition is, uh, from my understanding of it, it's that you draw energy from alone time with yourself, and that's versus extroverts, which um, are, they draw energy from being without other people. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot, there's a big misconception about introverts where, you know, they assume that they're really shy people. We're not hobbits. Right. So it's just that we like to mm-hmm. spend time alone. And um, when we're out with friends or um, out socializing, we get drained <laughs> of that energy. And, you know, um, I knew that I was 
somewhat introverted, but I remember uh, texting Ian after we'd hung out with some friends the other day, mm-hmm. and they were already making plans for hanging out again. Oh my gosh, when, when that happens, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Decision fatigue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but I texted Ian, and I was like, so, is it bad that, like, I'm physically drained after we hang out. It's not that I didn't have a good time. <laughs> I am just physically... I want to go home and take a nap. Like, yes. <laughs> I'm, I was sitting on the couch, and I was like, you know, I should be doing things, but I just want to nap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he goes, I, that is literally the definition of an introvert. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think that's where a lot of... I, I think we can relate a lot with that. Yeah. Um, because we do have kind of like the same group of friends that we hang out with yeah. sometimes. That and where we call ourselves uh, uh, introverts with extroverted tendencies. Because yeah. there's so much um, overlap between both of them. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. You're never completely one or the other. Honestly, I think so. You know? Yeah, because, well, yeah. with our friend group, we have, I think we have. We have like two other, it's like two and two kind of. Yeah. So two extroverts, two introverts. Mm-hmm. Um, and we found, actually when I was younger, like I used to feel really bad about saying no mm-hmm. to hanging out basically because I just like wasn't feeling it. So um, I think a lot of the media and kind of like our social culture, mm-hmm. it really does emphasize hanging out and like building social connections, which of course is really important. Right, yeah. yeah. So That's not a bad thing. Right, it's yeah. It's just that um, a lot of people, I guess a lot of extroverts don't quite understand that we do need some time off <laughs> from hanging out or something. Yeah. So when our friends do like, let's go to someplace else, like tomorrow, <laughs> I, I kind of like withdraw a little and yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> I used to make some shade after <laughs> Yes, you do. Like I, like before I would used to make excuses basically when I could like rely on my mom and be like, my mom said no. <laughs> but now I think I'm becoming much more honest with them and I'm saying, oh, I, I just don't feel like hanging out yeah. today or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty chill. Yeah, I think Unless you're I, person. <laughs> I really do appreciate when these friends, these extroverted people do realize this and kind of respect our alone time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know it's not the easiest thing to do because, you know, they want to hang out with us and yeah. they value our time together. But um, I appreciate when they respect that. Yeah. And they're also, it's also like kind of like I need to find, like I think it's important for us to find the balance between, you know, hanging out and also having our alone time as well. Because mm-hmm. you can't just like stay home all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. And there's like, you know, sometimes when you want to stay home but you kind of go out on a limb mm-hmm. and are like you know what let's just let's just do it and i think that's important also to just being open to um like uh going out and hanging out even though you you think you might not want to yeah when you know there's like a definite no it's a no but when you have that like in between thing it means yes. that there is something in you that wants to do it just go for it yeah which is like something that I've been trying to overcome because when I first started high school for example I mean Mm -hmm. I wanted to meet new people I yeah but it was just I couldn't bring myself to do it that also but also like my schedule is very constrained Mm -hmm. so I yes actually couldn't hang out with anyone until I could drive myself around places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which didn't start until, you know, halfway through junior year. Yeah. Um, so I started making those connections just so late, and it was really sad, because by senior year when we graduated, it was like, because ah, I finally, yeah. like, found that mm-hmm. um, part of me that was all right with um, meeting new people yeah. and being comfortable with 
trying to yeah. make friends. But it was a good experience, so I, I hope to like yeah. carry that on. I think for me, having the having a license and like having a car to drive, mm. pretty much in our like area, um, everyone drives. Everyone, <laughs> everyone drives. Like if you're at school, like our parking lot, there's a lot of problems with it because everyone wants to drive to school. We had um, a traffic engineer come in yes, and analyze our issues <laughs> because like. At our like social scene, I think it, it goes along <laughs> with every public high school. But like here, like if you need to drive once you're an upperclassman, yeah. otherwise you're kind of it's kind. I mean, like nobody's like shunning people because they can't drive or anything like yeah. that. It's just some. It's like something cool to add. It's, to your... it's because our our school has a lot of extracurricular extracurricular activities, mm-hmm. and what was it like? 85 or 90 percent of the population of our school is involved in them. Yeah, a lot of that takes place after school, whether that be marching band, color guard. Um, yeah. Uh, other music groups, uh, art, art yeah. lots of sports. We are a very athletic <laughs> area. Yeah. Um, language clubs. And the thing is, we don't have like a extracurricular bus, which is something that um, our principal, Dr. Anderson, actually had at her school. But we don't have that here. So everyone, if the clubs all end at around like five or six, mm-hmm. um, and the buses leave at three, it's like you got to have a way to get home. Yeah. So I think that's something that actually always went into that yeah uh, i was saying that the just having a car and like the license it was kind of like a catalyst because um i always felt really bad about asking my parents for rides to hangouts because they are pretty busy people and you know after work they do want to relax at home uh so i always felt really guilty about that so once i had my own car um i was much more open to hanging out so it was kind of like a cat what is it catalyst right Uh to um yeah, just like be more open to hanging out, and it was also my family's kind of like our kind of culture. Like they, um, they were very weirdly like hesitant to let me go out sometimes, or like it wasn't a common thing because mm-hmm. you know before I was like kind of in my room, you know. <laughs> like so uh, now that they've gotten used to it, uh, it's a lot more easier for me to do that. And of course, like now that I'm in college, it's like I'm sh- yes, <laughs> yeah, you're fine. So. It's kind of like that. Uh-huh. It's very weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was basically for me too, honestly, because once you can get around, you can do it. And hey, there's nothing wrong with carpooling, by the way. It's really effective. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nice. Yeah. Although I like the idea of having, like, driving to a hangout and mm-hmm. then having my, like, a way out. Type, oh, like, yeah, because, like, me. Sometimes they hang out for a long time, <laughs> and I'm like, I gotta go, like, and I can like drive myself away, yeah. <laughs> um, and, like make my speedy escape kind of. Yeah. I don't, I don't usually do that. I think I'm doing that, but once it gets to, like, once I get to the point, I'm like, oh, this is fine. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like spending time with these people, so mm-hmm. um, they usually can coax me into like spending a few more hours with them and stuff. So yeah. it's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Um, something else I suppose I wanted to talk about was like how I realized that my nature kind of limits me in things. Um, in the sense, I know this this took like a negative turn, but it's like, I guess realizing that, okay, so um, I love coffee shops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's this coffee, there's quite a few, but there's this one specific one uh, down on Pearl Street called Trident. Mm. And it's like a bookstore on one half. Oh, and then there's this like, fun. <laughs> gateway and then it's a coffee shop on the other side oh, and I love, love that idea yeah. like you buy a book and then you go get a coffee yeah. and then you just sit there like Barnes and Noble and yes. Starbucks <laughs> I know right <laughs> um, anyway so I was like I 
but I really want to just kind of like work in an environment like that mm. and I was like wow then I could like be a barista or like work at the coffee shop and then I was like you know the people behind those counters are very energetic yeah <laughs> and they know how to like create small talk mm-hmm. with like the, any person yeah. that comes up it's mm-hmm. kind of their job right yeah. you gotta be like a yeah for sure because I think with us it's really um yeah it is really important to just push ourselves go out on the limb to um kind of maintain and create new connections with people yeah like just because you're not able to kind of go out and talk with people like this doesn't mean you're not always going to be able to right like, exactly to go do it don't let that limit you and what you want to do yep yep think so okay well all right well that's the end of our topics what we're we bring to the table so uh now we're gonna go on to one of our continuing segments and this is just called headlines so this is usually where uh, we are going to be bringing in uh the most kind of interesting things that pop out of us the most interesting headlines um pretty much from everywhere uh for these upcoming ones i pulled these from cnn uh, but they can really do. They really can come from anywhere, yeah. and uh, all of the links to um, these headlines and to you know this de- decision fatigue, uh, they'll be in the show notes in the description of our uh, SoundCloud um, dis- like uh, track description. So you can go and check them out if you want to, um, and then we'll remind you again at the end of it. So we'll go on to our first one. <laughs> okay. So my first, uh, or, well. The article that I'm going to be talking about is called uh, Your Dog Could Call 911 in, in, a, in an Emergency. Here's how. And uh, the article was written, oops, sorry, get back to the page, was written by Jacqueline Howard at CNN, uh, published a few days ago, actually. And uh, it starts out with an introduction, basically like Life Alert. It talks to you about a story about a woman uh, named Melody Jackson, and her grandmother uh, falls in the kitchen and, you know, is there for a few hours waiting until the neighbor finds her when they get home from work. Um, so obviously everyone is really scared that this is going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And so they bought her a one of those life alert things. Yes, right? life alert. Um, Iconic. She didn't, she, didn't like, she didn't like wearing it. So, you know, that didn't really work. They propose that if she had like a small lap dog or like a service dog, mm-hmm. that the dog could have been a companion for her, but also helped her um, to contact another person contact emergency response when she fell. Um, And so Jackson is an associate professor and director of the Animal Computer Interaction Lab at Georgia Institute of Technology. And so they're actually working on high-tech wearable vests that the dogs can wear, um, which will give them uh, communication with other people and um, be able to like call when they are like when their handler is in an emergency. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really interesting because they, I don't know, they're working on, it's either a vest that the dogs would wear or a touch pad mm-hmm. that they would interact with with their nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, this is just freaking adorable. Yes. <laughs> I think it's so cute. Um, and, you know, they're talking about, because she works with animals, um, that's why she's the head of this project. It's called the Fido Project. Mm-hmm. Um, and they... Uh, are working really closely with service dogs and how this would not be a hard thing to teach as well. So like having the service dog be able to press a few buttons uh, in order to call 911, for example. Yeah. Um, That's what the touchpad would be used for. Um, And then the vest, they're they're integrating like like chew toys or like braided or like braids Mm. that they could pull on and (laughs) to to activate like, um, like, uh, what's the word? 
like uh, verbal um, phrases, I guess, to their owners. So let me just an example because that sounds weird. Um, <laughs> say like uh, they, they did have a, uh, a story here where a man um, his uh, service like dogs puddle or mud or something. Yeah, it was a, yeah. so there was wet cement, and he's standing there and he wanted to go. He's he's blind. Um, and so his service dog wouldn't move, like would not budge. Mm-hmm. And so the man put out his pole and it was like, well, there's, there's, there's nothing obstructing yeah. our path. Um, but the service dog wouldn't budge, but he started like, you know, giving them commands to like, it's okay. Yeah. And they walked into wet cement. And so where this would be handy is had the dog had a vest on where it could pull on something. Oh, let me find the quote exactly here. I'm sorry. <laughs> One second. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, um, there were a lot of cool examples they gave. Yeah, there were there were a lot. I just I'm sorry, I'm not. Um, yeah, okay. So had the dog dog had something um, to communicate to its own handler that there was something there uh, in their way. God, I can't find the quote. Where is it? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> ah! In any case, it was something along the lines like, "There's something in our path that I can't communicate to you." Uh-huh, or something yeah. like that. Something like that. Yeah. Um, so he could like pull on like one of the braids on his vest or something, and then it'd be like audio. Yeah. Uh, that came out instead, um, which I don't know. It just sounds so so adorable and so I don't know something that we really need. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like um, they were saying, you know, for sure there's say someone uh, was having a seizure, mm-hmm. and the service dog knows that um, they're supposed to push their hand up against the lawn, like their face. It's oh, like yeah. something that they do. Um, and they're, you know, the dog could have like something on their vest and pull it. And it could say like a speaker out of a speaker. It could say, excuse me, my handler needs your attention. Can you please follow me? Hmm. Or, okay, it's clear. Yeah. Like, there's like verbal communication between the dog and people that you wouldn't usually, right. you know, be able to pick up on. Um, so I think this is awesome because this is probably an overlooked issue. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. That, um, that we don't, yeah, that we overlook. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. the dog could be helping someone, but they they can't. They can't. They can't resuscitate someone. It. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so it's like I don't know. It's it's a really interesting thing. I love how oriented everything is. Yeah. To the dogs, like yeah. the chew toys and the braided ropes the, on the vest. The vest, you know, I think that's cool too. Um, using their nose for a touchpad. That's mm-hmm. it's really cool. I think it's a um, it's a really great example of how um, technology is bettering our lives. Yeah. Now and how we can integrate it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, in a way that helps us communicate communicate better which is important I think yeah you know um and so I guess the only thing that I thought of was like how wearing a vest like that is gonna affect like mobility for the dog I guess it won't be too bad but like can you imagine just sort of like walking around and having a vest with like just these random toys and braids like just (laughs) strapped to it just kind of there I don't know it just seems kind (laughs) of awkward but but but, um I don't know that there's something that they can definitely work on Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I definitely think it's an amazing idea. And also that life alert thing, like, I know that a lot of people actually really don't like that. We got one for my grandmother when uh-huh. she fell. <laughs> it's just, um, <laughs> the commercials are iconic. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what she did? She sent it back. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> You're like, no, that's so, for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, <laughs> exactly. And she loves dogs. Like, she had a dog at the time, and it was just, I when I read this article, she was like the only thing that came to my mind. Yeah. It was like the epiphany of Grandma Mary. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you're perfect. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, uh, all right. Oh, all right. Uh, and then Ian. 
Um, yeah, I thought this was just like a super great example because I really love consumer um, technology and like the new one, the new research coming up. And um, yeah, I just thought, it was, like you said, it was a really cool thing yeah. to, to read about because there are a lot of things in the news that are not that fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. And then so for our second headline, um, this is also from CNN as well, and it is going to be, it is titled, Wonder Woman v. Superman, the real story behind Gal Gadot's um, paycheck. So uh, Gal Gadot is, a, she plays Wonder Woman in the brand new DC movie. Um, I saw it, I thought it was, we, we, we saw, it saw it together. together. Yeah, <laughs> I, it was great. <laughs> I thought it was really nice. Glad um, they took out the invisible hoverboard, was it? Oh, I, I didn't know uh, that. Andrew was really happy that they took was out the invisible uh, hoverboard because they were like, she would look hella awkward. Just <laughs> <laughs> like at it. Well, anyway. um, <laughs> it was really, I really enjoyed it because, um, you know, she was like a very powerful woman and a superhero, and like we don't see that a lot um, yeah. in these superhero movies. Uh, she made me feel empowered, like in that one scene where she was like on the battlefield and like the trenches. I'm, yes, I'm sure like you've seen it on YouTube because it was really good. <laughs> Yeah, so this um, article really talks about uh, her paycheck for Wonder Woman. So I'll quote it here. Um, Gadot, I think that's how you pronounce your last name. Gadot, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Reportedly made $300,000 for um, Warner Bros. Wonder Woman, a paltry sum sum compared to her DC counterpart, Henry Cavill, who made a reported, and this is in quotation marks, 14 million as Superman in 2013's Man of Steel. So that's um, the first, that's first Superman movie where he plays the part. And obviously this is an outrage because, you know, like why was um, Gal Gadot paid less than Henry? And, you know, Twitter was up in arms about it, like, nobody was liking this, and it, it was a justifiably so, like, outrage over it, and I understand why. Um, but it's now come out that the, the dollar amounts were actually kind of exaggerated, and um, the $14 million actually is not true. Um, it came from one article from one news site and I don't know the specific one but it came from that and it just blew up from there so it really did blow up over misinformation and um, it was very inflammatory like misinformation because you know the whole gender pay gap um, and especially in Hollywood so a lot of people were justifiably angry over this mm-hmm. I was when I first read it so <laughs> uh, but it's actually kind of, I think it's confirmed now from um, representatives from either side and from uh, DC that uh, Gal Gadot made the same amount as Henry Cavill did for his f- first movie um, in Man of Steel so when you're an up-and-coming actor and you're chosen even if it's for this huge superhero summer blockbuster film uh, you're you don't really have a say in your pay. Um, you're kind of like I think I don't I don't know like from experience, <laughs> but uh, you're you kind of like take what you can get. I think. Yeah, it said that there was like um, a set amount that they agree on first, and right. then based on how well the movie does, you get like a certain cut from that or something. Yeah. So I was thinking they take a huge gamble, you know, when yeah. they do this. It's yeah. like, but I think with all these superhero movies, <laughs> it's kind of set unless it's like. 
No, they're kind of sad. I, I mean, even though Man of Steel wasn't the best, um, I think it did make a lot yeah. because a lot of people wanted to go and see this new uh, movie. Movie, yeah. Um, and see so. how they. they but yeah, it. I agree. It's definitely like kind of like a gamble about yeah. you know if you want to take on this role, mm-hmm. um, yeah. especially in something as big as this. Yeah. So, and uh, something interesting that the article pointed out was that. Uh, he, Henry Cavill, actually made less money than Amy Adams. So if you don't know, Amy Adams plays Lois Lane mm-hmm. in the Man of Steel franchise. So she actually nabbed around, like, I don't know, she made millions from this, from her role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I think that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Amy Adams, obviously a very experienced and well-known actress. So yeah. uh, she's getting her due. Yeah, you think that has something to do with it? Is it like... I think so. I don't want to say "quote unquote" like prestige, <laughs> but like I think it's um or like how long you've been in the industry. Yeah, and yeah, and she's much. She's very. She's more well known than either of these two actors. Yeah. Uh, especially when these movies first came out, so mm-hmm. she's already established herself, and so I think she definitely um asked for what she's worth and yeah. got it. <laughs> oh, I see. So it comes all down to like negotiation, I guess. I think so. That too. It'd be a guess. I'm sorry. I don't I know, I know like, about the movie industry. It's interesting. Like I, I want to learn more about it, but it's so like secretive because yeah. the, it's all behind the door. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we'll have another episode exposing it. <laughs> <laughs> Having a guest, a guest come on. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Eventually. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's, this just, you know, sparked a bunch of conversation about the gender um, inequality in the industry. Uh, Emma Stone said, this is quoted in the article as well, she says, we should all be treated fairly and paid fairly. Um, It's insane. There's no excuse for it anymore. And I agree. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do too. I mean, it's kind of, I don't know gonna be an on has been an ongoing issue forever yeah it still is yeah for gonna sure be, mm-hmm. so yeah i think we'll yeah. just have to work at it yep yeah that's basically it it's up to our generation dude <laughs> i guess so yes <laughs> <laughs> um and all right so that's i think that's pretty much where we're ending headlines so that's pretty much what headlines is going to be um looking like for these future episodes and uh if you have guys i'll be like more prepared next time (laughs) 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 uh yeah so it's just uh if you have any if you really want to like delve deeper into these topics um our show notes show notes with the online articles that we draw drew from they will be in the description of this track And um, you can always comment and give your own opinion. Um, I was thinking as we went along, the hashtag of Ask Ian Ivy mm-hmm. um, really implied asking yeah. and questions. Yeah. So um, there, I think we should come up with a different hashtag for like, I comments. Think so too. Yeah. Maybe like, I, I mean, like it could be coffee with Ian Ivy, hashtag coffee with Ian Ivy. Uh, oh, wait, with would make it super long. Hashtag coffee talk. Hashtag coffee talk. Yeah, and it could be a comment or a question. I mean, I yeah, let's I don't try know that how out. There, <laughs> talk. I don't have a Twitter, <laughs> but I'd... it might be okay. How about let's try coffee talk? Okay, okay, we'll try that for so now. So if you have hashtag a comment, coffee hashtag coffee talk yeah. on Twitter, and we we will definitely see it because you know we're so small right now. <laughs> and then, um, like I said, ask Ian Ivy will be a. Uh, regular monthly segment that will slip in at the end of the month and uh just keep those questions coming with the hashtag and we will collect them and answer them um usually the last friday of the month yes 
And I don't know if we are planning to do one next week. Probably not, because no one's going to ask. <laughs> but uh, definitely uh, just be thinking, because I think we are excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so now we're going to move on to our next segment. And for this first episode, we decided on doing um, Bookworms Unite. Yep. Me and Ivy, they, we are both like avid readers. We really love reading um, we kind of read different things, but a lot of the same. Like, yeah. uh, we'd like um, to read fiction, yeah. mostly. Like, basically. <laughs> basically. Um, that's probably our overlap. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I really like high fantasy. I think you do too, yeah. right? I do. I, You know, right now, I th- my thing is, like, memoirs and, like, memoirs. realistic fiction. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know when that happened. I, Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. when that happened, but it, it did at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, okay, so in this segment, we're just going to go, like through a book that we may have read recently and want to recommend and kind of talk about a little bit. Um, We might even do a few read-alongs in the future episodes if you guys want that. It's going to be a lot of effort. Because oh uh, we're, (laughs) (laughs) but we will if you want it. So like um, the um, uh, stuff that we're going to cover in here, it's very fluid, I think. Yes. uh, Because we're just starting out. We don't know uh, completely what it is that we're going to be doing yet. So we have... A general outline and totally open to like any suggestions yes for um, sure <laughs> um yeah so right. who wants to start out uh go ahead because okay. i did the article first all right uh so my current book obsession it is called scythe <laughs> uh i think it's pretty well known it's actually won an award um i don't know specifically what the award is uh-huh. but i think it's very justifiably so um <laughs> but because i've been i'm like kind of in the middle of it right now and i really love it so i'm gonna read um and quote out the summary that's given on goodreads uh so it starts off with thou shalt kill (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm sorry this is mostly serious (laughs) Okay, um. okay so it's a world without or a world with no hunger no disease no war no misery uh humanity has conquered all of those things and has even conquered death now scythes are the only ones who can end life and they are commanded to do so in order to keep the size of the population under control. Uh, I don't really know how to pronounce her name right. I, I've been pronouncing it S- Citra. <laughs> it's oh, okay. spelled C-I-T-R-A. So, you know, if you have that name or know someone, mm-hmm. um, tweet us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Rowan um, are chosen to apprentice to a scythe, a role that neither wants. These teens must master the art of taking life, knowing that the consequence of failure could mean losing their own. So this obviously is a very heavy book about yeah. taking life. Um, and it raises a lot of moral questions. So uh, this is this was written by Neil Schusterman. So he's actually kind of he's pretty well known. He wrote the uh, he wrote the Unwind series. If you've heard of that, um, and I think that's his most famous work. Sorry if you're a fan of him, and I kind of like missed one. But uh, and now he's moving on to this arc of a scythe uh, series, which is really I, I really like it. So um, basically. Yeah, it's they are chosen to be scythes, and they're just working through the apprenticeship, and then uh, they're learning a lot more about the scythes world. Um, there's a lot of world building in this book, which I I really like world building. It's so interesting to read about different worlds. Yeah. 
Um, so I actually have an interview. Um, Entertainment Weekly actually interviewed Schusterman, and I thought this was a really cool quote that he had, that he spoke. <laughs> so um, he really kind of wanted to flip the script on dystopia because he's been writing um, dystopia for a very long time with the Unwind series. So now he wanted to write about a perfect world, a utopia. <laughs> so this is a quote from him. He says, uh the sorry the interviewer asked um kind of like explain like the whole scythe thing and how uh we how scythes have come to be uh he says then once i realized we stole death from nature uh we would be obliged to be its sole distributor and i thought that was a very interesting quote yeah because i i was thinking about it and i was um, I appreciated that he thought that way because mm -hmm. um, in the book, in the series, there's um, the thundercloud. So this is the name of an evolution of the the like online cloud we have today. That's how he's um, kind of positioning it as, uh, and it kind of controls everything. It's our government. It's our judgment. Oh well, not not our judgment, I guess. <laughs> it's our government basically, and it controls pretty much all aspects except death, and that's what sites uh, sites kind of control. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting because I think it's very it was very easy for him to write the thunder cloud, his version of the cloud, um, to be the the judgment of um, who dies. Mm -hmm. uh, but instead he made humans be the sole distributors. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I wanna read this now. <laughs> yeah, it is really it's very it's a very compelling read. Uh, it's it's definitely like a I can definitely tell that he's a very experienced writer mm -hmm. compared to some other YA novels that I've read. Um, not that like I'm like a super like high advanced level, but I, I can just tell just the way he describes things. Um, yeah. He does it very subtly, um, and it's just very it's compelling, very balanced in description and um, getting straight to the point. Really, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm in the middle right now, and there there's a twist, and I was like, oh my god, like. <laughs> I really, really encourage you to read this and pick it up. It's available anywhere. It's published by a major publishing house. And um, yeah, what do you what do you think? What are your thoughts? <laughs> I I want to read this. Like, yes. I, like you said, I just think that that whole concept of giving humans that decision. Yeah. You know. Like, yeah. It's like, ugh, but like because the know, sites are supposed to be. Um, he describes it as the highest moral beings. Um, and there's a very, it's a very weird process of how they choose because mm -hmm. it's basically up to the sites themselves who to apprentice. Yeah. Um, so they kind of like look out for people who might do it. Who might, you know, yeah. fit. Yeah. And I remember a specific thing was when he, the first time he's like, okay, you're going to be my apprentices. Mm -hmm. I mean, they can't say no, awkward. But they'd be, they're like, both of them said, I don't want it. I don't want to be an apprentice. And he's mm -hmm. like, that's exactly why I chose you. Because um, he doesn't want to choose people who, who want, want to, to do it. Oh. Yeah. So uh, he was like, "That's that's that's perfect. Like you guys yeah. are perfect for this." And there's this like a lot of twists because you're not supposed to take two apprentices. It's uh -huh. only one. So that was kind of unprecedented, and that got into its whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, yeah. Huh. And like there's creating conflict. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting because he wrote in this character that was it's also a scythe, but he's like not of the most highest moral ground. He's very different from the main site that we're introduced to. And um, he takes pleasure in killing, basically. That's how he's described. Oh. And there's 
I mean, technically, sites are not supposed to, but yeah. he is one, and he does, so nobody can kill him, and nobody can, like, <laughs> he's not impeached, he has a lot of allies on this, this like, this whole, like, site yeah. council, I think, and, um, like, he goes into a plane before it's taken off, and he's like, all right, you're all selected, and he does mass killings. Oh, they actually call it gleanings, um, and it's intense, because uh, if you were, if you kind of, like, uh, what is the word? Kind of prevent? No. Avoid? Avoid? Oh, fight back. Let's say that. Okay. If you fight resist. back, resist. Oh, there you go. And then your whole family is gleaned <laughs> if you resist. So it's so, <laughs> like, I, I was, like, imagining, I was like, can I live? Would I want to live in that world? Like, yeah. you know, no disease, no war, and, like, no hunger. But, like, live in fear of having, like, a scythe and maybe, like, selecting you randomly yeah. to be killed. Yeah. Isn't that, like, um, it changes your perception of how... How you live your life or how they yeah, live perhaps. their life because yeah. everyone you can live as long as you want kind of yeah. like you they call it turning a corner yeah. um and like you become younger <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know oh. if it's like you actually become younger or but i know it's like your or appearance like, uh -huh. is a lot younger so nobody knows who's how much yeah, they're older or not as old as you want. yeah hmm. So it was very, it's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that that kind of gets into the thing. Like we were talking about how would you want to live forever? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Like, if you're on the train, yeah, to live forever. And it was just like, no. And they're like, so. why? <laughs> and it was really nihilistic. I think is how you pronounce the word. But it was like, yeah, because like there's there's no point to living if you yeah. just gonna keep going. You got know, you yeah. like keep living to make the most of your days or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was like. Yeah, you wouldn't want to live forever. Yeah, I, I guess, was, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Interesting. It was really, it's really cool because in the, uh, between each chapter, it's like, <laughs> it's, um, they, he kind of writes in um, journal entries from uh -huh. well-respected sites. Oh. And it's so cool because he takes on this different persona and like the sites themselves are kind of, they question like their own role. Yeah. Um, and they're like, Oh, should we be doing this? Like, is it morally like right for us to be doing this? Mm -hmm. But then they'd say, oh, you know, I don't want it to be up to a computer to do this. Yeah. So they're stuck, and like, it's very, it's so, it's very good. Yeah. I definitely recommend it, okay. and I'm gonna finish it. Yeah, good. <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right. What do you got for us? All right. Um, mine's gonna 180. This this. Yes. <laughs> this is a book that I uh, picked up spontaneously while I was going through random shelves in the library. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's because it, the title caught my attention, so I'll just read it to you now. It's, um, I'm having so much fun here without you mm. uh, by Courtney Mom. Uh, and uh, it's, it's about, it's a reverse love story, basically. Okay. It's about, it's realistic fiction. It's about um, uh, an artist, uh, he's a British artist, and uh, his wife, who is a lawyer, in, they both live in Paris. Okay. Um, they they met in America, um, but it's a reverse love story because it's them falling out of love. He's a failed monogamist. <laughs> he cheated on her. Oh, okay. And um, their marriage is falling apart because of it. Because mm -hmm. there's lack of trust and there's yeah. a, well, obvious you, there's there's obvious reasons as to why you know she doesn't she's not happy with him. Right. And um, it's it's about I I really liked it because. It delved into the small, tiny things that make you fall in love with a person mm -hmm. and, like, reasons why you love a person to begin with. Okay. Um, and it was, like, him recounting and collecting all these things that they had forgotten after being married for, like, seven years. Right. Um, 
because you know they get caught up in their own lives, and it's probably the th- it is the thing that drove him to uh, cheat on her to begin with. Oh, just that he okay. he felt like my my life has like lost its spark, mm. and so when he realizes he's losing her, yeah, it's like um, him finding all these pieces again, mm. and like um, them him trying to put it back together. But she's like, I really love his uh, his wife Anne. She's yeah. like the most stubborn but like strong character mm. ever and you can tell that she's so hurt from this but she's not letting it like take over her completely she's not letting it consume her which i like because i i hate those stories where it's just like my life is in ruins because <laughs> he's not by my side anymore yeah and it's just completely reversed he is a freaking wreck <laughs> in this book that's good yeah, um yeah i script. love that and it's not only about that it's like about ambition and like him finding his true passion again because he's like a political artist but then to make money he went and did more just contemporary like basic things so that they could sell uh, something mm-hmm. and um, he he goes back into it and it's kind of how he finds himself again and I'm not going to tell you whether they <laughs> can work things out or not because uh, there's so huge twists I did okay yeah <laughs> um, and I, I you know like you're like hoping for this ending but you know it's really never going to come yeah so it just it makes the book feel really sad but at the same time it's just got so much sentiment and um appreciation for things yeah that i think that's probably why i liked it so much because i that's, just that's finished like a nice well not nice <laughs> i don't know <laughs> seems like a like a, a like i don't know how to phrase this a change of pace from the yeah. different kinds of books we've read yeah so. exactly we were so used to like over analyzing all these things and yeah, <laughs> just kind of kills books, but yeah. now you that's know cool. it's just kind of reading this, and um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's why I liked it. It was, yeah, it was good. It was once again just going about like overlooked moments mm-hmm. in your life that like you appreciate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which I think has been like a huge sort of theme for me, even like a month into the summer. Yeah, a lot of the books that I've read have just been memoirs and recounting and appreciating small things that go overlooked. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, I think everyone can take yeah. a lesson about and that. And then, so. you know, I don't know, it just leaves you with a happy feeling once you finish it, because you feel all introspective and... Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, well. Uh, only thing for this, it, get, it got a little graphic when it talked about when he was cheating. Oh. Uh, which was a little skirt, because I was not expecting that. And I was like, oh, and oh, my, like, my, my skirt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my um, gosh. Other than that, there was just like, I swear, guys, it was only like two pages, but other than that, yeah, yeah. It was Is a this book. was this like in the adult section when you were looking at it, or yeah. like YA? Okay, some more adult. Adults? No. Well, well mm-hmm. like library. could be for anyone. <laughs> yeah. Except like young kids who probably wouldn't. Read yeah, it. I mean, honestly, like if you're in high school, it, yeah, you're good. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I didn't have to. Awesome. Well, there you have it. Uh, these two <laughs> books. Um, so again, in the show notes, I think we will be putting the Goodreads links so you can read some review, other reviews other than ours. Mm-hmm. This, um, this book uh, is not as renowned okay. um, as the one you were talking about, though. Okay. It's pretty just kind of... Low-key. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. And uh, we also put... Uh, I think I'll like kind of look them up on Amazon if you want to order it off Amazon because Amazon's awesome. Yes. Uh, and Amazon sponsor us, please. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe some Barnes and Nobles links because okay. Barnes and Nobles is awesome too. Yes. All right, so that's going to be the end of Bookworms Unite. That's going to be 
where we'll end it and we'll be moving on to our very last segment it's going to be questions without answers and i have a few down but we might uh cut it short a little yeah um just to save some time i think we should go with the first one the first one yeah, okay. i really like the first one so questions on. without answers well we're, we're planning to end each episode with one of these except for the end of the month that's when we'll do our um hashtag asky and ivy yes. uh but this is where we'll ask a philosophical question and try to discuss it because yeah. we both we have some pretty philosophical conversations <laughs> and uh we really want to you know express that and put it out in the world and then think totally want to hear what you guys yes think. yeah because you know sometimes we kind of have the same view on some things so mm-hmm. we'd love to hear your views a as different well. one yep. yeah exactly all right so you want to all right so this <laughs> question that you put down that i love so much is is the mind the same as the brain or do we have souls mm-hmm and let me tell you how I interpret this first. Because okay. when you put, do we have souls? I was like, well, then what is our mind? <laughs> I was like, okay. So mm. I think, like, um, our soul is our mind okay. part of it. Yeah. And then our brain is separate. Because our brain is like, it's that, um, it's just the organ in our body that dictates everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not going to say the brain is overrated because it's freaking underrated, I think. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that it can do. It, yeah. it does everything yeah um which i'm so fascinated by but it's it's a superficial thing it's like the boss that does everything and it mm-hmm. does allow us to have thoughts but i think our mind is separate from that mm-hmm. it's like our consciousness and it's like how we perceive things yeah and i think even though that all happens in the brain i feel like just on this weird spiritual ish level or something it's separate yeah and the reason i say this is because when i did the cadaver lab mm-hmm. Um, I was, I had the honor of holding um, the brain of the woman who had donated her body, and I was like overwhelmed with so many thoughts mm. at that in that moment. It was like that must be really heavy, intense, just holding it. It, it was really emotional. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, you if you picture this from the outside, it's um, a person in scrubs with gloves on holding a preserved brain, but in that moment, I was like, I am holding the thing that has every single memory she ever had mm-hmm. every thought she ever like had just oh my god <laughs> just like her whole life story was yeah, in my hands in yeah. that moment that's like i don't i don't know like, mm-hmm, but like, at the same time the essence of her mm-hmm. wasn't there okay right yeah um i had this thought that like the memories were preserved here yes but her herself the essence of who she was yeah had passed on yeah had gone somewhere else and that's why i think the mind might in my opinion is not the same as the brain because the brain is that superficial organ that stays but Mm. your mind is something that stays with the essence of you yeah 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 i really like that question yeah i don't know like i i love the idea of like I love the idea of souls mm-hmm. and just be something beyond our physical realm kind yeah. of it's like because logically I I'm thinking you know this it stems from the brain mm-hmm. and our, I'm, I mean how do we define consciousness because I, humans have something unique versus something like AI because yeah. they fun, like their brains are designed there's are they supposed to imitate us kind of ai mm, eh, kind um, of we've 
I mean, we have really, really complex programming where we right. can teach computers to do things. Right. Yeah. And so they will learn the way we could learn. Or they, they right. Learn the so way like, they do. if they can learn, and so how are they any different? But I'm like, of course we're different. Like, <laughs> I we don't. Oh, are we? <laughs> Next episode. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just Play. something holding me back from fully committing to the soul because I'm thinking of it in like three different layers mm -hmm. as or not three I guess two just kind of your physical body and then deep down within you have a soul yeah. and I'm awkwardly picturing it in the heart but that's I don't think that's like the most appropriate place for it to be yeah should be within you know your head yeah your mind your mind but yeah, I mean, I think it's because we have a existence physically, yeah. but, you know, I've seen some sci-fi shows, you know, obviously the yeah. best scientific evidence, but it's like <laughs> the, there are other um, beings, yeah. they they imagine that other beings can be in a, a like higher level, mm -hmm. a different spiritual realm um, that we can't see, we can't touch, um, and they don't have physical bodies, yeah. um, and like... And that brings up a whole another question about, you know, what is physicality and like the physical realm? Mm -hmm. How is our like touch any different from their spirit? Oh my god, I was like, I was thinking about this and yeah. I was like, I don't I don't know. There's so many things I just can't I think there's some things that we can't comprehend right now. Yeah. And as we evolve as a species, it's really I think it's that's something about the Ving Forever thing. Mm -hmm. I would love to live longer than our current like expected lifespan yeah. just to see like the, the what theories changes. what changes like it's we're pretty far off from like extending into a higher realm i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh i think it's it's not like impossible mm -hmm. and who knows like i sometimes think like you know in this space we are in right now what if there's like a whole like shopping mall of like different beings within our like same space yes, that we just can't touch yeah. and like they can't see us we can't see them it's just in the same place but different realms like we're all going through each other yeah yeah at the same time and right? it just like blows my mind because yes, i'm like what the it's crazy <laughs> it's so weird yeah or that the past you and the future yeah. you are living in the same place as the present you yeah and time time's a whole another thing <laughs> time is whack time is so weird um uh, but yeah, i definitely um you bringing up ai uh, reminded me of the speech i did for public speaking right yes on um the it was controversial topics and people were doing politics at the time and i was like i ain't doing that so i did um whether we should let um uh uh weaponized ai kind of um decide who to kill mm. uh at like on, at borders or something um, and it was like the whole thing was like the machine would be programmed with a set criteria but then also we would um, as it started to kill more people be able to decide on its own right like who was bad and who was good and it was like how the heck is the computer gonna know just yeah. looking at someone I know who I they are that's... and that was not fair so my argument was uh, no yeah <laughs> the, ar the army cannot can't do that. Yeah. Like this. I, yeah, that's I agree. like unethical. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's why we still have human judges. You exactly. Know? Like yeah. We haven't reverted to the machines for judgment about ourselves yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, anyway, so so I think both of our answers then is I yeah. think <laughs> our mind is different than our brains. Yes. Yeah. But we wanna hear what you think. Yeah. Um if you can condense it into 140 characters less with our hashtag, use hashtag coffee coffee talk and we'll be on the hunt for them yeah. and reading them and interacting with you because mm -hmm. we really do want to um, see what you guys think so the fact that like 
probably wouldn't be able to condense it into 140 characters. Um, that brings to the fact that we should probably find another platform as yeah. well. Uh, yeah, maybe you guys give us our own suggestions. What's the easiest for you? I'm thinking for more long form answers, we might open up like a Dropbox. Uh, not like the action, not like the service Dropbox, yeah, but yeah. like a Dropbox. Yeah. Maybe an email you can email in, yeah. or uh, maybe a Facebook page. You know, you can type long comments on that too. Yes. So we'll be thinking about that. Yep. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Yeah. And that's pretty much the conclusion of our very first episode, and I have loved it. It's been really fun talking uh-huh. and like bringing up all these different topics that we are so interested in. Yeah. Um. Again, we have all these different links to all the things we've talked about. Our outline for this episode it's going to be in the soundcloud um track description um on mobile i don't believe you're able to see it so if you want to see it, you can go on the desktop version because that's where you can see it mm-hmm. and um as we start going i might we might find another way to post them so you know it's a bit more easier to find mm-hmm. if you want um on mobile of course um and yeah any last thoughts um, thank you for bearing with us thank you um, yes first time we have plans for we improving have, We have a lot of plans. I think our second episode is going to be really, really nice. Yes, so... From what we have planned. Yeah, we're, we are, we have a plan for, like, improving this already. Um, it's going to be a pretty awesome thing. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Yes, um, I so, am so excited. <laughs> yeah, thank you for listening, and... Um, um, yeah, I mean, you can, of course, follow us um, on Twitter. So our at sign is coffeewenivy. Uh, follow us on there. Follow us on our SoundCloud. It's going to be soundcloud.com slash coffee talk with, with is the W, um, E and Ivy as well. Um, and follow us on there so you can get our updates. Uh, we might tweet out a few pictures of us like making it behind the scenes, something like that, if that's what you guys want. And um, if you guys are really interested, we are open to the idea of opening up like personal Twitter accounts if you guys want to talk to us individually. Um, but that's just something if you guys want to like if you guys want that yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah so this is the first episode this is our introduction month which is June our next episode it is planned to be published next Friday that is our uh, published day yes so every Friday so next um, Friday June 30th yeah. Um, that's our plan for now, and that's going to be another introduction episode as well before we moved on to our theme topics, yep. like Ivy said, and she'll be taking the lead for July. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's all we have for yep. now. All right, so we'll cut that short. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys so much, and we'll talk to you next time. Have a stellar day. <laughs> Bye.